pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Hey, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. Don't mind them brake lights. We'll get you where you're going. He's Rudy. I'm Rob. This is R&R. Easy E driving this boat for another hour. We're excited about this. Uh, Cowboys practice yesterday. Got busy again after a Sunday off. Let's find out what happened and where they're going. Todd Archer of ESPN, one of those insiders, is joining us. Hey, Todd. How are you today, man? It's been a couple days. Enjoy yesterday's yeah, cool weather. You- <laughs> sure, absolutely. Miss you guys out here. Appreciate it. Todd, let's, I mean, let's get right to it. A lot has been said about Dak Prescott, and uh, now they're talking about, you know, they've had conversations about his extension. You know, a lot with Zeke, they didn't negotiate that contract extension with him. This way they gave them some wiggle room to get out from under the contract. Should we read between the lines, if they don't get it done prior to this season, that they're trying to leave the door open to wiggle out of the contract if need be? That's a, that's a great thought. Uh, and... I don't know how many conversations they're having right now with Dak's uh, agent about a contract extension, to be honest with you. Uh, the guys that I've talked to said it's kind of on the back burner. Their focus now is CeeDee Lamb, Terrence Steele, and then, then see what happens with Dak in this year. But his cap number next year is 59-point-something million. Uh, that's a big cap number going into the last year of a contract because he has two void years on his deal right now. So mm. I don't know if it's like a win or else and they'll move on from Dax. Uh, after this year and draft a guy. Um, but I, I will say this. Since 1980, there have been three quarterbacks that have been drafted by a team and have started as long as Dak has started to make a Super Bowl for the first time after year seven. Wow. Ken wow. Anderson, Peyton Manning, and uh, Matt Ryan in Atlanta. That's a stat. So, so you know, maybe the Cowboys are looking at it like, wait a minute, he's had this opportunity. We believe we've had this good team around him. Maybe we need to sit back, hold our cards a little bit, and if he doesn't, great. We'll give him five hundred million. Who cares? <laughs> if he doesn't, then you have, then you have to start thinking about the future. I don't know if they're going that way, but I would think all things are on the table for the Cowboys because it's such a huge financial decision to to make and how it impacts your team going forward. That's Todd Archer, ESPN NFL insider, an all around great guy. Um, Yesterday in practice, we didn't have Tony Pollard running, so we got a chance to look at those that are competing for RB2. Did anybody separate themselves? I don't know if anybody separated themselves, but all three of them, Rico Dowdle, Malik Davis, and Deuce Vaughn, had some really good moments with the first team. And that's kind of what you want to see. And you don't want to go too crazy about what you're seeing in a training camp right. practice because they're not game plan, they're not this. But – you guys are out here. You've seen what this defense has been like during mm-hmm. camp. I thought yesterday might have been their best running day of camp. Now, some of that might have been the focus of practice seemed to be on the run, but, you know, Rico Dowda had a couple nice runs up the middle. Malik Davis converted a fourth and eight run. Uh, Deuce Vaughn mm-hmm. bounces outside. Deuce Vaughn is interesting, man. Like, he's 5'5". Five, five. We all know that. <laughs> right. Like, you can't see him. When he gets the ball, I don't know how the defense sees him. 
And, and so once once you get to the preseason games and they can actually tackle uh, and and it's a real game or close to a real game, that's the guy I'm most interested in seeing this Saturday against Jacksonville, Deuce Vaughn, just to see if he can kind of carry over what he's done in camp. Todd, um, to people that you've talked to, is there any concern that Pollard will go through what Gallup went through and to some sense Dak went through as the mental struggles of coming back from a major injury? No, I don't believe so because this was the, the surgery that he had. It was a it was a high ankle surgery. It was right. called a tightrope, where they just take the ligaments and they, and they wrap them around and and tighten it all back up. This is different than an ACL. Certainly different right. different than a dislocated and fractured uh, right ankle that Dak had in, in 2020. So they don't believe so. And if you've seen Pollard out here the last couple of days, um, really has shown some juice. Uh, both wheel routes down the sideline, getting by a linebacker, up the middle run, juking in his way through the, the through the defense. So I, I don't think there's any fear of like the, the mental side of that injury. And, and I think Tony's at a point where he knows he needs to have a big season if he's going to get that long-term deal, be it from the Cowboys or somebody else. So I, I don't I don't think that would be an issue for him. Uh, this year. Todd Archer joining us. Check his stuff at ESPN. And if you're not following him on Twitter, how can you call yourself a football fan? Um, let's talk about Tony Pollard and what you, you, you've seen in the, you know, the juice. How much of this is a product of this new offense? And, and, and take your, your long-term view. Uh, you know, have you seen the Cowboys over the years? Are you seeing in practice as they've installed this? I haven't heard it said very often, but this uh, Texas Coast or Texas Coast offense, are, are you seeing a difference on a play-to-play change? And if you are, what are they? I, I, honestly, no. Me either. Um, and maybe that's because I'm, uh, I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm looking at when I'm watching football. But some of this stuff is just coach speak to make it sound good that, hey, we've changed this and we've done that and look what we're doing different. Now, the, the one thing I will say that does appear different is Dak's getting the ball out quicker while also taking more shots down the field. And I know mm. that doesn't sound right, but it does seem that he has more options maybe early in routes. If things don't look good, he can check it down or find a, find a different uh, receiver as an outlet. But if he has a chance, he's taking the deep route to, to Gallup, to Brandon Cooks, and even to CD a little bit. Um, but offense is offense. Like mm. all these schemes have kind of melded together over the years where there's really not that much difference. And I think Zach, uh, Dak would even tell you that. Now, some of their changes, really the biggest change is in pass protection and what they're asking the running backs to do, how they're going to be blocking certain fronts. And some of it is how they get the ball out against overloaded looks and, and how they always give Dak an outlet. But, you know, they're not, they're not doing enough right now to notice the difference. But even if – I just don't see anything really truly different. They're running the same routes. There's really no difference there. They're running the same runs. I don't see a difference there. I think maybe more as you get into the game plan specific stuff that you see a little bit of McCarthy's West Coast philosophy come involved in it. But right now, it's, it looks the same to me. What was your reaction, Todd, when Michael Gallup said this is the first year that we've been asked to count Dak steps? They're harping on it. They're talking about it every day. You've been around the game a long time. Is it normal for receivers and to have to count the quarterback steps? Is that not normal? What was your reaction when you heard Michael Gallup tell you guys that? I, I would say this from from twenty since Mike McCarthy's got here. Okay, he has said you have to marry the quarterback's drops to the receiver's routes. That seems to be elementary football. Yes, okay, that's you. what we thought. That's what we thought. So, like, if a quarterback is taking a seven-step drop, 
Well, I'd imagine that someone is running a go route, right? Right. If it's a three-step drop, I would imagine someone is running a slant. So I don't know how revolutionary this is, uh, to be honest with you. Now, maybe they have to be more in tune with what Dak is doing, uh, but it's all, in, to me, it's incumbent on the quarterback to know I get to my back foot and it's gone. I'm not waiting unless stuff breaks down. And, you know, we were talking about this in the media tent the other day. They can draw up all these plays and they can look great. But really what separates the best quarterbacks from everybody else is what happens when the play doesn't work. Yes. And it's a big pile of junk in front of you. And, and Dak has been good in the impromptu kind of stuff. And they practice, which sounds stupid, they practice this stuff in seven-on-sevens where they're rolling out and the receivers know where to go and to build that chemistry on things. So it's not so much how much they're drawing up and making it look all good in these fancy charts, but when things break down, then what do you do? And I, I think when you look at – and that's just playing ball. And you look what Dak and CD have done, a lot of times they're playing ball. Uh, he's getting a good understanding now of Brandon Cooks. Obviously, he's had a, a long rapport with Michael Gallup. So, um, And even Jalen Tolbert this year, I think, has taken a little bit of a step into becoming a, a more comfortable receiver in, in what Dak does when things break down. That's Todd Archer joining us here on San Antonio Sports Star. Check his Twitter, follow him at ESPN. And you brought up a good point about the uh, the, the, the chaos that uh, Dak has actually done a pretty good job in thriving when plays have bro- uh, broken down. He's been adequate, if not good. And part of that has always been his tight end, his safety net, whether it was Whitten or Schultz. Who's going to take, if you were, you know, oddsing this thing, who's going to step in? Is it Ferguson? I know Hendershot finally stepped onto the practice field yesterday. Uh, Schoonmaker got on the practice. Oh, Skin- yeah, Schoonmaker, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the second round pick. I, I would go with Ferguson. Uh, and, but I think what's, this is going to be different. And honestly, you know, I've been covering this team so long. It was really for the longest time was Jason Witten, everybody else at tight end. And really the last couple of years has been Dalton Schultz and everybody else at tight end. Uh, they probably don't have like, we know about running back commit by committee. I think it's really going to be tight end by committee. But if, if one guy's going to lead the room in catches, and play maybe a, a bigger role. I think it should be Ferguson. I think he should have played more at times last year. Um, Hendershot is a guy that can help in the pass game. But I think Ferguson is the closest thing they have to an every down tight end that can both block and do some things in the pass game. And it's too early to know what Schoonmaker is going to be able to do right. just because he's practiced. Uh, he's had a half of a practice, not even a full practice yet. But he's a guy that comes from Michigan a pro-style offense where they ask the tight ends to do a whole heck of a lot. Same with Sean McEwen, their, their fourth tight end at the moment, who, who might – Linda Wells, the tight end coach, said he might be having the best camp of all of them. So I think mm. you'll see a committee approach at tight end as opposed to Dalton Schultz <laughs> getting 65 of the 80 catches out of that tight end room. When does Robbie Gold land? <laughs> or Mason Crosby or somebody <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, I would say they'll, they'll be back in Frisco before – week before the what do we want to say a week before the season opener uh and they kind of told us like they're this is brandon aubrey's job right Mm. now so he gets this week he'll get the preseason game and if he does well okay you carry it into the the second preseason game uh and then move on but if it's a struggle i don't think they view it as gosh we got to get this veteran in here right now because we got to get the timing no i i think they they believe that they can get a timing down pretty quickly with a, with a Robbie Gould or, or Mason Crosby. But money does factor into these things. And if we're, we haven't got to the Zach Martin holdout yet, but if, if that's a factor, then giving money to a kicker is also a factor when you look at 
how the, mm-hmm. the cap dynamics work out with this team. But I, but I think Brandon Aubrey, here's your opportunity, man. USFL, <laughs> Plano kid, MLS kid, played soccer his whole life. He's from Plano? You know, he, he's, yeah. been, he's from Plano, yeah. Played, at, played soccer at Notre Dame, played in MLS. Here, here's the one good thing about Brandon Aubrey. His freshman year at Notre Dame, they won a national championship in soccer. His first year with Toronto FC, don't have, hold me to that's their name, Uh-oh. in MLS, they won a national championship. Uh-oh. Uh, USFL, Birmingham Stallions, I believe uh, they won a USFL title. So, what do you say, Todd? He's our rabbit's foot, say baby. It, Todd. Go Championships seem to follow this guy around. That's what I'm saying. He's the key to the Cowboys season. Weakest, weakest, weakest room on the team. If we're nitpicking, because they've looked good, they look like a February team. But what would you say if the if the coaches were sitting around? What would you feel like is the weakest room on this team? All right, so we can't say kicker because they have a guy that's not kicking a game. So True. Okay. I would say backup offensive line has the biggest question marks to me. We know the front five. We know who the, those guys are going to be when, when Zach Martin shows up, uh, and you're going to be set there. You, you, I, I think Chuma Adoga, free agent signing, will be their swing tackle, can also play some guard. Mm-hmm. But if something were to happen to, Matthew, uh, to uh, Tyler Biotish at center, I don't know who the backup center is right at this point. I don't think it's Matthew Farniak. It could be Brock Hoffman. He's got some work there. Um, real questions along the interior of the, among the backup offensive line. But here's the deal. There are 31 other teams in the league that have the same problem. There's no offensive line depth really mm. in this league. So I don't know how that is just a Cowboys problem as opposed to a league problem. But if you're asking me that the biggest worry is, what do they have behind their front five in the offensive line? So we're assuming uh, Cooper Rush gets to start on Saturday. Do we know? We don't know, but you know when McCarthy says he's leaning towards Dak not playing in the preseason, that means. And but I haven't made a final decision. That means Dak's not playing in the preseason. But you're just making it look good for the league to say I might change some things. Um, so I, I would believe you see Cooper Rush and uh, Will Greer as your quarterbacks, and maybe a handful of starters but certainly not a whole heck of a lot of them. Is there any competition? Is Greer, is there a chance he gets to? No. I don't think so because they just paid Cooper Rush a pretty oh, good deal. At <laughs> exactly. And, and, and to be honest with you, I mean, Rush didn't go 5-1, and one, right? Was it 5-1? 4-1. 4-1. Whatever it was. Yeah, there you go. Well, you can go 5-1. and one. Why I mean, not? Was it 5? No, well, I no. think it was 4 we, we, I mean, we, he's got yeah, some more wins in it. missed 5 games. Right, so I mean, the guy deserves some benefit of the doubt a little bit here at, at this point. But it's funny to me that a year ago at this time, Will Greer was going to be the backup quarterback, and he had suffered a groin injury in practice that impacted his play in the mm-hmm. preseason, and that led to the Cowboys going with Cooper Rush. I do think Will Greer remains in the Cowboys, at least on the practice squad, if not thir- with the new third quarterback rules that that he's still around. Hey, Todd, thanks for reaching out Thank and talking you, with us. I know it's awfully earlier on the tennis courts, <laughs> but uh, enjoy the cool weather, man. It's 110,000 here. I'm, yeah, we got, uh, I'm two days back home for the preseason game and then back out here. So I'll, I'll gladly miss the 107 degree. Todd Archer of ESPN <laughs> Thank you, Todd. right Great here combo. on r and in the morning. Thanks for the knowledge, man. Be safe. You got it. Thanks, guys.